you're listening to the Embrace Simplified podcast, where you will be inspired to unlock simpler, healthier ways to live your life. I'm a corporate ladder climber turned entrepreneur on a mission to help busy women feel their best. I'm bringing you real conversation with all my favorites, and we're talking wellness, relationships, money, business, career, and even parenting. I want you to laugh and cry, learn and grow right alongside me. I'm your host, Kirsty. Let's keep it real. Pour your coffee and turn it up. Together, we are going to simplify our life. Hey guys, welcome back to the Embrace Simplified podcast. I am loving having so many conversations this year with amazing women and I I just absolutely love the parts of my week where I'm sitting down and recording. And one of the common themes or the threads that I see this year is women that are giving themselves permission to evolve and change, change their mind, start something new. I'm just, I really am feeling so lit up about these conversations. Today, I'm going to sit down with Andrea from Building Our Beautiful. And she's a great friend. I met her in my early entrepreneurship days and I've totally seen her evolve and grow this beautiful team and business that she has. And so we're going to talk all about redefining work and redefining beauty. She's a mom of two and she also loves a good reno project just like me. So yeah, there's so many things that we get get a lot about. And she's also an author. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. I'd really love to hear your thoughts, what resonates for you, what your takeaways were. If we shifted your perspective on anything, please tag us online. Andrew can be found at building.our.beautiful. Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Kirsty. It's amazing to be here. I'm so excited for this conversation because Andrea and I met pre-pandemic and we hosted an event together and we were like, I was new entrepreneur, fresh out of corporate. And I was pretty new too. Out. Yeah, you were too, right? Yeah. And so that we were like, we were just like fast friends in this, like doing this event. It was really successful. And then I kind of like got lost for the rest of the year. And then all of a sudden it's a pandemic. And so I feel like our friendship is now like just an online Instagram friendship. I know. But you know, what's so amazing though is like the way we've been able to maintain and even grow connection through all of this. And, you know, it reminds me when I was in university, me and my best friend went to totally separate universities and we only spoke on the phone, but we spoke on the phone like all the time, right? This is before Instagram is <laughs> showing my age. But we spoke on the phone all the time and we grew closer during that year, even though we barely saw each other. And I feel like it's the same thing. Like we're all in this common experience and we gravitate to the people who are showing up in a way that inspires us or that connects with us. And that social sphere is actually allowing us to make different, deeper connections in some ways. Yes. I know that I have gravitated to people that are just showing up authentically and like being like really sharing in such a real way. And that is absolutely you. So however, it may only be online. Like as an example, for anyone listening, the other day I had this opportunity come up and on 
two people that I told <laughs> Andrea was one of them. And I was sending her like SOS, like DMs being like, what are your thoughts? Like, tell me. And I love that. I absolutely love that, that the platform can connect us in that way. And you're like out, you know, for a walk or whatever, and you can just leave somebody a one minute message that, yeah, it was very insightful. And I always appreciate your responses. So thank you. Well, we have, you know, I think we have come from a similar journey. We've been on a similar journey. And so, you know, when I'm at the bus stop, listening to your message, waiting for my son to get off the bus, you know, it's so nice to just be able to like dive right in. Like we don't even have to get into the niceties. It's like, here's what's going on. Right. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Okay. So tell everybody about your career story and your journey like to today, because they will see all the similarities that we have. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, in a nutshell, I left the corporate life and started my own kind of journey. And I'll tell you kind of the defining moment, the pivotal point that led me to that. But, you know, I was thinking, I'm like, oh, Kirstie's probably going to ask me to describe who I am and what I do. And it's like, that's always a difficult question. And, you know, we're so obsessed in our society with putting boxes and labels on things. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm a mom, I'm a wife. Like when someone asks you, who are you and what do you do? A lot of us who are moms, our first answer is, well, I'm a mom of two kids right? Or I'm a stay-at-home mom, or I this is my job. I've decided to start saying that who I am is I'm someone who is on a journey to live my most authentic and inspired life. And whatever opportunities come my way through that journey is what I'm going to explore. And yes, I'm a mom. Yes, I'm a wife. Yes, I have work. Yes, I love to travel. You know, all of those things. But ultimately, I'm a human being having this human experience who is now just like curious about what life can bring me and really want to show up in an authentic way and and feel inspired and lit up by by what I'm doing. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. It's such an interesting thing that you bring up because I do. I usually like tell us about your story and that's how I kick things off. And then some of the most amazing connections and communities that I've been a part of in the last couple of years, all the women that have come together, we have never said what we quote unquote do for a living. And it's been so meaningful. And I'm like, I love this. I love that your introduction to other women has nothing to do with what you do. Now, I will be really honest and share with you that sometimes I have Googled the names that I've seen in Zoom. I've gone on LinkedIn because I'm so curious. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, these are like such unbelievably accomplished women. But we all share this like need to connect on a level that includes nothing to do with with our responsibilities and our roles, right? And and it can be everything to do with it as well, right? It's like the both and of that. It's like it ha- what we do has nothing to do with us. And if we are living in a line inspired life, it has everything to do with us. Because the choices we make are part of that journey, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love this. Okay. Okay. So, (laughs) but I could, but I could narrow it down. Now it's like, it's very, we want to hear these pivotal (laughs) points. We want to hear these, like, you know, these, these really like life changing moments I know that have like brought you to this point. Totally. And what I will say is, you know, for anybody who's listening who is like, okay, well, what does this woman actually do? So, I I have chosen what basically me being on this journey has allowed me to open me up to choosing and, you know, life choices that really light me up and bring me joy. So I am a clean beauty advocate with Beauty Counter. I lead a team and it's such empowering, fulfilling work. I also have a marketing background and I'm currently working with one client 
who is a psychologist and she does speaking on resilience and burnout for organizations, which is a topic that I feel very close to and passionate about. So in a work container, those are kind of the things that I do. Amazing. So the journey, so my background, similar to you, I come from corporate, 15 plus years. I was one of those people who didn't really know what they wanted to be when they grew up. I don't know if you can relate to that. I feel like a lot of marketing people (laughs) are those people, right? Because you're marketing too. I knew I wanted to travel. I knew I wanted to have new experiences. I knew I wanted to just like follow whatever. And actually, this has been a theme through my whole life. Whatever I felt passionate about what lit me up. So I went traveling after school. I lived in Europe for six months. I lived in Australia for almost a year. I met my husband in England. Went went to Australia together. We came back to Canada and we're like, okay, we're going to get married and create this life. And that's where it's like, I think I need a job, <laughs> like a real job. I, I knew I was always passionate in about health, about wellness. I almost studied nutrition at school. I did study physiology. Like those are things that I just find fascinating. So I ended up finding a job kind of in that sector. And then I landed my way into a marketing position because that was always something I was naturally good at. And then that that translated into another job and then another job. And then I became involved with this corporate life and ultimately kept getting promoted, kept climbing the corporate ladder, kept doing all the things. And there was that part of me that was like the achiever. Mm-hmm. That an achiever was like, yes, I'm ticking all the boxes, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm doing all the things that I'm going to be the next VP. And it's just, you know, that is so exciting. I'm going to buy the house and the car and then that, that, But there was always a part of me that was still more of that free spirit that was like, even though there was parts of my jobs that I loved, I also didn't feel fully connected and inspired in the container of that corporate setting. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think eventually that led me to start feeling unaligned in a very significant way. So started to feel more burnt out, started to feel more anxious. I had anxiety and depression as a teenager. And then again in my 20s. And then it started to creep up again after I had my kids. Didn't really recognize it, to be honest, Kirsty. I think as many of us who have experienced that can relate to. I, now that I look back on it, I was like, oh, I was crying almost every day. Right. I was waking mm-hmm. up in the middle of the night sobbing. And I just thought, it's because I'm stressed. It's because I'm a mom. I'm just stressed. That's all. I'll just, I just need to get the things done and then I'll be okay. So much, so much of like mental health once we become moms is normalized. Like even, I don't know if you experienced this, but like even my own was like, I thought that was normal because that's what I dealt with. So I didn't know that like that wasn't okay, you know? So she was almost in some ways saying like, it's okay. You're a new mom. It's all right. Like this is normal. (laughs) Now she's like, oops. Yeah, but what amazing growth for your mom, right? Yeah, even be able to see that. I think generationally, we are evolving and we are growing. Like we're able to start seeing this deeper part of us that has more needs than maybe have been recognized in the past with that generation, right? Yeah, it took her. It took her realizing that, like, oh right, I also wasn't working out of the home for sixty hours a week. Like, oh right, like if I'd had to do that, then then that would have been like pretty awful. (laughs) I could have taken what I was experiencing to different levels. I think when she realized that there was a lot that wasn't the same. Yeah. it opened. And not to go on like too much of a tangent about that, but I read this stat once and I, cause it's really, to me, it's a very powerful signifier of the pressure that is on kind of the quote unquote modern working woman. 
I read the stat once that working mothers today spend more time with their children than stay-at-home mothers did in the 50s. Yeah. Like, imagine that. Imagine the pressure that puts on us. Mm-hmm. Right? We're not just in there in the kitchen smoking our cigarette, telling our kids to go play on the street. We're like, let me do a craft with you. Let me do all the things. Let me make sure you know how to bake and to sew and to that and like and to do, you know, quantum physics and whatever, all the things, right? <laughs> I love that we can laugh at ourselves, but it's so true. Like my kids have no idea how often like I played all the time, but never with my mom. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like, why am I your biggest playmate? Anyway, and in a pandemic especially. But to get kind of back to yeah. when I was in corporate, so that that was the environment. And I was heading down a very dangerous path of my own mental health and the striving for more. And I was very outside of myself. I can see that now. And I'm feeling emotional just saying that. And so I didn't know how to make the next choices. Like I was just like, well, getting the next promotion is the thing. That's the thing that will that will that will help me feel better. And then one day, I like to say the universe took it out of my hands and into universe, source, whatever you want to call it, God, and literally knocked me on the head. I had to be knocked down, literally physically knocked down. I was in my kitchen at home. I had just come home from a day of work, which actually felt, it actually felt like a good day. I remember that day very clearly. We were having a training on mental health, funny enough. And my son was talking to me. He was about four. I was crouching down, getting on his level because that's what good moms do. You make contact and get on their level. He jumped up just spontaneously whapped me right in the front of my forehead, like so hard, like skull to skull, so hard. And my head flew backward. There was a stone counter right behind me, the quartz counter that we had just put in, whapped it right on the back of my head where the skull meets the neck. So I had a, I had like a a boom, boom from the front and from the back. And it was in that moment that literally everything changed. Everything. I, it's, now looking back in it, it's almost like I exited the body. It was like I had to rebuild. I had a concussion that basically I was off work for almost a year. I could not have a conversation for more than 15 minutes. I could barely hold my head up. I could not be in an environment where there was noise or light. I, it took me, I had to really, I, I say rebuild. I had to rebuild my neural pathways, literally. And what I learned through that experience I'm so thankful that I that I had the wherewithal and the resources to be able to get the right professionals to help me. So if you're struggling with post-concussion or you know someone who's had a concussion, please know that there are resources out there. Even if the doctor's like, I don't know how to help you or like just sit in the dark or whatever. No, there is so much you can be doing. And I'm so thankful that I had all of that available to me and that I was able to leverage that. So rebuilding myself also meant rebuilding emotionally. The level of anxiety I felt during that kind of period after the concussion was so intense. Like I remember calling up a friend and being like, I just want to go for breakfast. And she's like, I, you know, I'm just out right now. And I just started sobbing uncontrollably. And she's like, okay, I'm coming. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't even know. I was just like, I, I, I need to do something. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I, I was so elevated in this height, heightened anxiety. And what I realized is I actually needed to go back on the anxiety medication that I had been on in pe- previously in my life. I should have done that before the concussion is now what I know. And then all that to say is that I also, I saw a psychologist. I did all of these things to rebuild myself. 
And I got to a place where I was like, okay, you know what? I am finally feeling better. I've supported with disability, with a gradual return to work, which was fantastic. I really am appreciative of that experience. But when I got back to work, Kirsty, everything was you different. Were so different. Yeah. I was so different. I came mm-hmm. back on a day that was really difficult from a corporate point of view. There was some significant changes that were happening. And I was like, whoa, this is intense. And I, I realized over the coming months, like I started to get back into it. Like I started to get back into the push, into the hustle, into the, and we went on this vacation. And I just, again, alignment, fate, the, you know, destiny, universe, whatever. We went on this vacation. And while we were away, we, I just felt this like, like download. I'm like, this is it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not living this life anymore. I don't care about the big house. I don't care about the cars. I don't care about that stuff. And my husband was like, you know what? Neither do I. And we're like, let's just stop. Let's get off this freaking hamster wheel. And he's like, yeah, the day we came home from vacation, we were like, we're selling our house. That's it. Like we had renovated this house because he said he was a contractor. He is a contractor. We had renovated this house. So we're like, let's sell our house. Why, why wait until we're retired to enjoy a simpler lifestyle? So the day we came back, I called my friend who was a realtor. I'm like, we're buying a condo. All we need to live is like a two bedroom condo. So I'm like, show me all the condos in my area because I wanted my kids to go to the same school and not, we didn't want to have to change our lifestyle that from that point of view. So we went and looked at condos and she's like, just, just bear with me. Let me show you this townhouse. It's a condo townhouse, but I think you'll be happier there. Then shoving both your kids in one bedroom, right? So we went and looked at this townhouse. And as soon as we walked in, we're like, done. And the next day we put an offer. It was accepted. And then the we spent two weeks getting our house ready, put it on the market, sold it. And I decided to resign from my job and say, you know what? Time for something new. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's that's a long-winded story. No, it's not. It's like, (laughs) it's so real though, right? Like it's, you listened to, there's a couple of things. You listened to that download that you had on vacation and you were courageous enough to bring it up with your husband. And then like, he was also on the same page as you, which isn't always the case. And then you just did it. You just went for it. I love it. And, and the reality is this, just, you know, that was a, that was a compressed timeline. But the reality is we decided to sell the house because we knew we wanted to free ourselves up financially from that point of view. And then it was kind of after that, then like, maybe I could leave my job. And so I had gone through that thought process with myself. And I remember sitting down with him one day and being like, so I think I'm going to leave. And he, he was like, what now? <laughs> so let, let's just be really real about that because it took some time for him to digest that and for us to like really like get aligned that that was the best thing for our family. Yeah. But so. it seems like from that point forward, you both were like leaning into joy and things that were going to like you, you, you've grown a business, you've done other like renovation projects, but there's, so you've, you've continued to like constantly work, but you're just leaning into things that brought you more joy and maybe even brought you together more. Oh my gosh. That's such a great point. Because as you know, it was just after that, around the time that we met that we had bought a condo that we thought we were going to, well, that we did flip. And that was, even though it wasn't actually a, it was not a financially fruitful experience, not like what we thought would it be. It's not the same as on TV people. <laughs> Let's just be honest about that. 
that experience of us both being off work and doing this together was huge for our relationship. It really was. I thought I, I thought he was going to drive me literally crazy. Like at one point when we decided to do that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is not going to be good for us. But what I found is we actually started to spend like this quality time together. We started to have conversations that we never really had on that depth before. We started to just like, because we were spending more time with each other, we were able to like, not just be like, okay, what's going on with the kids today? What's for dinner? Like who's going here? Da, da, da. It was like, let's actually talk about like our hopes and our dreams and like our fears and like our growth, which was amazing. Yeah. I remember those things because I followed your fun renovations and you were such a great cheerleader for him. And then you're like, and now we're having like a day date because like we renovated all morning or all night or whatever. Totally. I loved that time when you were sharing all that stuff online. And we still do that. We still do day dates. We're going out for brunch today, actually. Nice. <laughs> so, so we we absolutely still do that because we realized that that was the lifestyle we wanted. I actually did go back to corporate for a year because there was a point where it's like, okay, you know what? We just need some stability. So I did. And actually, it was great because I set really clear boundaries for myself. It was not like before at all. It was a good experience from that point of view. So I did go back. But, you know, there was always that part in my mind that's like, this is temporary, right? This is temporary. And then when the pandemic hit, well, that changed everything as well. You know, what's so interesting. It's like, I think there's this idea in people's mind that, oh, if I leave corporate and I do something for myself, then like, that's it. But there's so many amazing women I know who've been like, and like a year or two years later, I decided to go back and I took a full-time contractor or something like that. Amazing opportunity comes up. And like you said, your boundaries are like, boss, then why not take it? And and also just like, yeah, you're allowed to change your mind, right? And give yourself permission to say yes to the opportunities that come up. Even if you like were the title of entrepreneur, I love that you went back. That's why I reached out to you because I was like, this could be a permanent opportunity. And like, that scares me. But yeah, I don't, I think that that's, it gives so many women permission to like leap, but not, not Nothing feel like has to be permanent. Nothing <laughs> has to be permanent. Exactly. <laughs> even like, even if you're listening right now and you're in a full-time job, guess what? There's no guarantee for that either. Like it totally. doesn't have to be permanent. Yeah. And I think it's like when you, when you realize that, that everything is in motion, everything is constantly evolving. You open yourself up to opportunities. Who knows? Tomorrow, there might be a, a corporate job that lands on my door that I'm like, oh my God, I have to take this. Like, I don't know. But, you know, you open yourself up and you know that if you follow your own joy, if you follow what feels good to you, if you follow just the next step, then things will unfold in a way that is right for you. Oh my gosh. Yes. You don't necessarily need to see what like step number 50 is. If the step one just feels right, then just go with it. Like, and it's okay because the other ones will become clearer as you go. That's been a huge learning for me, Kirsty. Like I can't even tell you, I've been working with a coach, by the way, I'm going to plug my coach because she's amazing. Her name is Karina Reeves. Karina Reeves coaching, I think on IG or just Karina Reeves, but she is magical. And that is one of the things that I've really learned to embody on working with her because that has always been my thing. Like, okay, let's start from the end and then like figure out how to exactly orchestrate how to get to that. Right. Yeah. And there are times and there's a time and a place for that. I think sometimes if you're working on like a strategy at work or whatever, like there might be some of that needed. But when you're just like taking the right next step, 
it can be really scary, but it can lead you to an even better result or an even better, you know, opportunity. So I think that's something that is so important for us to like start to at least play with. Yes. Yeah. One of the people that I follow closely online right now who is a coach talks about your GPS coordinates. So like you kind of have an idea, like it's probably your purpose or the impact that you want to make. Those are locked in, like, you know, where you're sort of headed, but how that unfolds and and all the things that you can't, you have to let go, Kirstie. That's what I keep saying to myself. I let go of needing that. So that takes me to my next question. I want to know about this because you have a big purpose and you're making a big impact. And I want to hear more about your business and what you're doing. Yeah. So my business, the beauty counter, I, so I'm a, I'm a clean beauty advocate, but really what this is for me is I found number one, a way to work that I didn't know was possible. Number two, an organization whose purpose and mission I so align with in such a beautiful way that it excites me to get up in the morning and to do work with, with beauty counter and with this organization and with the team that I have. And number three, I have grown so much as a person, as a leader, as a partner in doing this work. And I just want that to keep going. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. Okay. This is the thing. If you don't follow Andrea online, you need to find her. All the links are in the show notes, but tell them where you are on Instagram. Yes. My handle is at building underscore our no, building dot, our dot beautiful. <laughs> and I started that when we were doing our renovations. So I'm like, we are building our beautiful life is kind of the the whole premise of that. And what I love, I was like, oh, should we change that now that we're not really doing flipping? But you know what? The building can apply in literally any context. Everything we're doing is just building this beautiful life. Yes. And I love the reason why I bring up your Instagram is because you, yes, you are a clean beauty advocate. And yes, you own and use way more makeup than, for example, myself. However, you embrace this, like what I believe is a new way of looking at beauty, right? Redefining beauty. And so tell us about your approach and your mindset there, because I think it's really, again, I think it's it's permission giving to other women. Absolutely. And I, I am the first one to say I would never have thought I would get involved with a beauty company. Let me just say that first and foremost. Okay. So what I have realized is that this actually clean beauty, which is what beauty counter started in this movement of clean beauty, by the way, if anybody has heard the term clean beauty, it's because we sparked, we, we lit that match. We sparked that nine years ago when beauty counter started no one was using the words clean beauty no one was having these lists of banned ingredients beauty counter started that okay so clean beauty isn't actually about beauty and that's like the aha moment for me this is about reframing this entire industry it's about changing this entire industry on multiple levels so number one what i really would love everybody to be aware of if you're not already and Kirstie's such a wonderful advocate. Like you're such a wonderful advocate for clean living and educating in such a, like in such a gentle, inspirational way, because I think there's so much harshness out there. Like this is going to kill you. This is like, that's not the point here. Yeah. We're not trying to make anybody feel bad about themselves. Right. We're just trying to say, Hey, you know what? Here's something I've learned. Here's something that, you know, is actually going on. Like when you peek under the covers and I think it's important that we all know that. And then we can make informed choices, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So 
with the beauty industry, there's a fantastic documentary, actually, I recommend if we can put it in the show notes, it's called Toxic Beauty. For those who are in Canada, it's on CBC Gem streaming, but you can find it elsewhere. So I'll see where where you can find it. But it's really, you know, it's a great eye opener around all these different chemicals and ingredients that are in beauty products that are scientifically linked. And there is multiple, like there's a magnitude of research around this from extremely reputable organizations that they are linked to hormone disruption, cancers, organ toxicity, and irritation of your skin, lungs, all of that. This is real research. This is real science. And the the people say, you know, well, then why is it on the shelves? Like it must be safe, right? It must be safe. Right. Here's the thing. The beauty industry has not been regulated in Canada or has the legislation that incorporates the beauty industry has not been updated in over 20 years in Canada. Think about science. How does science evolve? It does it does it take 20 years for us to figure out that something is harmful? No. Think about BPA, right? Think about BPA. It blew up because we like retroactively figured out that this thing that was all in all of the things is harmful. Well, the same is with phthalates. Phthalates are in so many things. These are little plastic particles. And you think, well, plastic's not in our cosmetics, in our lotions. Well, if there is, quote unquote, fragrance in the product, if you see fragrance slash perfume on an ingredient list, not every single time, but I think it's a, the stat is around 75% of the time, it includes phthalates. And phthalates are little plastic particles that help the scent stick to your skin which is why it's like long lasting and all of that. And they are known hormone disruptors, known. So you can Google it. The research is there, but that's one example. One example of how beauty products are are linked to health issues. So what we need to do is we need more regulation. We need stricter regulation so that companies have to adhere to it because companies will take shortcuts. I mean, that's the reality. We know that that's what corporate, the corporate world does. Is what's cheaper, faster, stronger, better, right? Better return, yeah. What's going to give you your better return on investment? Beauty Counter is a B corporation, which means we weigh people, planet, and profit equally. So you, they cannot make a decision on profit without equally considering the impact of that decision. So whether to an including ingredient, for example, on whether what's the impact of that decision on people and planet. So, you know, it's in, incumbent right now on companies to do that for themselves. But what we are doing as an organization is actually lobbying for changes in the legislation in both Canada and the United States. By the way, in the United States, it's been 80 years since Since it's been updated. That like the the Cosmetics Act has been fully updated. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I read that the U.S. like list of ingredients is the smallest compared to Canada. Do you want to hear the numbers? Do you want the numbers? Numbers. Tell us. So in Europe, 1400 ingredients are banned from cosmetics. So that's a pretty decent list. Okay. It's not comprehensive, but 1400. In Canada, we have what's called a hot list. And that is a list of substances that is basically like companies don't put them in your product. Like it's, it's basically don't put it in, but it's not codified into law. So it's the honor system. (laughs) So Canadian is that, right? Would you be so kind as to not please include these in your products? (laughs) Canadian. (laughs) That would be amazing. Thanks so much. So yeah, it's not codified into law. But oh, and then the states, you have to guess the number. What's the number? How many are banned? I don't know. 80. 30. No way. (laughs) and And that's an improvement upon the 11 that it used to be not very long ago. Wow. Yeah. So all that to say, 
and actually I'll tell you what something really funny. So Amy Schumer mm-hmm. loves beauty counter products. She it was a few years ago now. She has a friend who's a consultant and she approached us and she's like, I want to do something for you guys. And so she did this spot. You can Google it. Amy Schumer beauty counter. It's really funny. And she's like, wait, what? Is that Does that mean literally rat poison is the only thing that's banned? Like, honestly. <laughs> oh. So this is about changing laws so that we have no matter. This is what I this is what's so important to me. No matter who you are, where you shop, what products you buy, what your socioeconomic status is, what your budget is, you will be able to go into a store and pick up products that are not going to lead to long-term health issues. That is truly in my body what lights me up about this. And it's so important. It's such important work. This is about health. This is about taking care of ourselves. Because you think, oh, it's just one thing. One thing is going to be fine. It's a buildup. There is so much research to show that it's the buildup over time. And if you can take something out of your routine, harmful, and replace it with something that is not, first of all, there's studies to show that actually the the levels of those toxins in your blood actually do decrease. So that's amazing. That's so hopeful, right? That it's like, oh, but I've been using this for so many years. What's the point? There is a point. You take that out and it will make a difference. And there are so many things we cannot control in our environment. So this is something that you can control. And I think every little step we can take, it does make a difference. It's like recycling that that can and so sort of throwing it in the garbage. That does make a difference if we all do that. These little steps make a difference. When you're using things like sunscreen, deodorant, the things that you have to use every people are like, oh, I don't wear lipstick. It's not just about lipstick. Okay. Think about shampoo. Think about deodorant. Think about sunscreen. Think about body lotion. Sunscreen's such a big one. I mean, we could go on and on and on. But that is why I do this. That is why it's so important to me. And I also really want to reframe beauty overall. This is not about looking like a model. You know, I've had so many clients who have just not put any effort or care into themselves because they're like, ah, that comes last. And the journey I've seen people go on because they've like decided to take a little moment for themselves, put a little care in, make their skin actually feel nice and hydrated versus dry and like sagging, you know, like there's, there's just, I want everyone to feel amazing in their skin just as they are. And I want you to have those moments of putting time and care into yourself. So that's what it is for me. Oh, I love that. I don't care what anyone says. I keep one of those little jelly lip things. That I'm pretty <laughs> sure so I bought fun. for my daughter. I have them in like the pocket of all my coats. And I just feel better when I have just a little something, a little cream blush or like Absolutely. a little something on my lip. It does make a difference in how I feel and how I carry myself. 100%. The other day I was walking past a mirror in my house and like, you know, there's a lot of days where I don't wear makeup, but I saw myself in the mirror and I was like, did a double take. I was like, you look good today. I forgot that I did my makeup. And it just like puts a little bounce in your step, right? It doesn't have to be complicated. It's just about like, you know, expressing yourself in a way that feels good to you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. And for giving us your time today and teaching us about beauty and sharing your story. I know it's going to help so many women. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsty. I'm just so grateful to be here and feel like we could talk forever. Thanks for listening to Embrace Simplified, the podcast. I hope you picked up some inspiration today and that you take action to feel your best. Can you guys do me a solid? If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps more people find the podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, shoot them a text right now and share it. 
I love getting those notes from friends. And I also love seeing where you're listening from. So please keep tagging us online at Embrace Simplified. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch new episodes as they drop. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsty. Remember, you have it in you to simplify your life. <laughs>